Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is not so Big Kurt here. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Boy. Uh, Big Kurt, you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for uh, joining in. Please keep sharing and uh, uh, getting the podcast out to more people. We very much appreciate you listening. And I guess I think I want to say... Mostly because the college football season is over. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a sad day for all of us. It really is. Not just me. Um, goes by quick. Uh, you know, that's that's what I tell my loved ones every year. You yeah. know, when they lose me at the end of August, beginning of September, I say it'll be over soon. I'll enough. be back it's somewhere yep. on Thanksgiving. Yep. Um, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, every week of the work week is uh, a grind. <laughs> you know, everybody... For the most part, not everybody, but most people get the Sunday blahs. You just get in the week. You start battling through Monday and Tuesday. Yep. Then it gets to be like Wednesday, and you kind of get into a groove. And all of a sudden on Thursday, halfway like midway mm. through the day, I'm like, ooh, there's a college football game on tonight. I'm gonna, so, uh, such a great thing, yeah. the Thursday night game. Yeah. You know, I st- I'm still mad at the NFL yeah. for like encroaching on that. It used to be, used to be college's day. Yeah. On the NFL. Um, those greedy bastards, but, uh, still, we still get Thursday football Yep, may not be the biggest event of that day anymore, but typically for me, typically a Friday night game, which a lot of times is like a crazy pac 12 game that they get in there, whatever. And then of course the smorgasbord of Saturday games that starts at 11 o'clock local time. And if you have the ability, I don't anymore to stay up until two o'clock in the morning. If you, if you could, I watched football, I watched, uh, the Arizona, Arizona state game which was plenty late for me. It wasn't even that late. And I'm like, that's enough, man. I'm going to bed. I can't believe you stayed up that late. Nice work. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was proud of myself. But anyways, yeah, that stuff's pretty much over. We you know, got a lot of good games, you know, appealing games obviously coming this weekend, but it's just it's just not going to be the all-day affair no. like you're used to at that you point. You know, it's funny. On Thursday, I'll tweet about whatever college football game is sure. on, and people will think I'm tweeting about the NFL game. And I'm like, I don't know who's <laughs> no, playing. I don't yeah. – What? no, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> For sure. Um, anyways, I guess we'll get more into that as the month goes on. But uh, should we go ahead and get to the weekly Eisman? Started off the Eisman. A lot of great performances. Uh, you could certainly talk about Peyton Ramsey's performance. Um, you could, heck, Jack Cohn had a really good game, I thought. Justin Fields, but it's hard not to give it to this guy, J.K. Dobbins. 31 carries. My God, what a workhorse that guy's become for 211 yards, four touchdowns. Also caught two passes for 49 yards. But I really want to give a special shout out to the Ohio State offensive line because to me that was I, – I, I didn't have as big of a question about fields coming into the season because you know he's a very talented guy. I was concerned about their offensive line, and it may be the best unit on this team. It's not how – I, I can't even necessarily fight against that. No. They, they have been absolutely incredible – from day one, they had Dominant. a lot of talent that we knew. We all we knew that, but, but they were it so was young. To be talent that was going to take a long time to gel. Sure, they have they they have gelled from the get go, and maybe to a certain degree, just got better as the year. I don't know. Like I, you, sh- I think you so. should not push around a Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan defensive line no. like they have done this year. It's just been incredible. certainly nothing against uh, the Michigan defensive line. We'll get into that game. They did give up one sack, but just opening huge running lanes for Dobbins. And then on top of that, uh, like I tweeted out, J.K. Dobbins is essentially a cheat code 
Um, I, I if you you have to account for him, obviously, in the running game, and then they go out to pass, and the guy slips out into a route, yeah. and then check it down to him, and he turns it into a big game there. It's amazing. I don't know. He's incredible. Weekly so. Eisman, J.K. Dobbins. You deserve You're it, the guy. A yep. couple little quick housekeeping items here. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Rutgers University has actually hired Chiano, apparently. They tried to hire him, then they seemingly unhired him. Well, he's hired again. So it's the same eight-year, $32 million contract we had talked about before this from NJ.com. And apparently they acquiesced a little bit. So we'll talk more about this. We're just going over briefly right now. We'll talk. We've got a shorter pod later this week coming with only one game. So we'll get into into it a little more. But they're, quote, promising to look into a football-only facility. They're going to look into it. Yeah. Okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> Northwestern offensive coordinator coordinator and quarterback coach Mick McCall is out. This is according to WGN.com. Been there for 12 years. Passing yep. to the guard. Yep. Um, reached out to our boy Chappie on Twitter uh, just to get his general thoughts and essentially said, love the guy. Happy trails. Hope he finds a great place to land. But it was time for a change. It was probably time for a change. That's all. Time for a change. Yeah. That that happens. Everyone has an expiration date wherever they are. You know? Yes. That is accurate. And and so it it's not very, all his very well said. It's not all his fault. They just don't have a lot of playmakers, but they, he just wasn't doing enough overall this season with what he had. And you could maybe say parts of how the offense looked makes it harder to recruit players to it. Absolutely. So you never know, you know, or yeah. maybe he's he himself just as in a top flight recruiter. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just saying I wonder if some of these things are part of the deal. It's certainly not looking good from recruiting aspect when that, you know, that's the product you're putting out there. That that offensive product was was putrid until Saturday. Right. You know, um, one more that I'll throw out there just because I know it's big to some people listening is that uh, Pat Fryermuth announced that he's coming back. Yeah. I think that deserves its own kind of kind of breaking news type of deal. That's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And I'm pretty surprised. I am, too. The other thing that was funny is just watching Penn State fans realize somewhere around halfway through the year, they're like, oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, yeah. He could go pro. Oh, they, yeah. they just hadn't thought about it. And then, then they were petrified to lose the guy. Uh, I'm happy for Penn State fans. I'm happy for myself because I get to watch him next year. I just think you're crazy if you have a chance to be drafted as high as he would be I and think, you're not going. I got to think he'd be the first or second tight end. Taken. You got to think so, right? I mean, first three rounds. But I love it. Love it. I love it personally. Crazy. But Selfishly. It. Right. Yep. Okay. Should we go ahead and get in the games? Yeah. Okay. First up, this game was on Black Friday. Iowa 27 Nebraska 24, the Hawks with 324 yards of total offense to the Huskers 284. Was Keith Duncan not on scholarship? He was not on scholarship. He was? Was not. Was not until Saturday, right? Correct. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't believe he wasn't a scholarship that's player. A, that's a bargain deal right there. I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually getting money from his family to attend the University of Iowa. Boy, that's impressive. That. What a yeah. season he had. But, man, Iowa got out of the gate hot in this game. And then, oops, the second quarter happened. Yep. It was, uh, I mean, so um, I think it was 17-3 to at the beginning of the second quarter. It looked like it was going to be a route. Yeah, and they were, Iowa was moving down the field at that point in the game. There was no answer by Nebraska with Iowa's running attack at that point. Um, Iowa was basically doing enough to throw the ball. Uh, and then 
a horrible, whether it was a play call or decision by Nate Stanley or both. I mean, you can have both happen at the same time. A pick six completely changed that was the it, tenor of the game and completely changed the play calling of, of Iowa after that. There, There is very little doubt in my mind that Iowa's offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, can diagnose things during the week and get a play, uh, a game plan put into place. Sure. But when things get modified during the game, whether it's the second quarter or after halftime, he has no answers. Well, so that's what I was thinking is I'm going to give Chenander credit for adjusting to what Iowa was doing. In the first quarter there, I was actually having the thought, you know, is it time to move on from Chenander? This is it, it probably is, right? They were getting killed, and then he just suddenly makes great adjustments, and I'm like, okay, never mind. And we'll probably talk more on this. We, we will do um, uh, not an entire podcast on each team, but we'll do podcasts breaking down team season after they're over. Um, Chenander will be one of the things that we'll talk about for Nebraska. He's a conundrum wrapped in a riddle to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a whole bunch of good and bad at once. But yeah. they're, and, and that that's what showed out in this game itself. Um, but, yeah, I would say across the board, there wasn't a whole lot of good coaching going on in this game. No. Is that a fair assessment? I, I, that's probably a fair assessment. I mean, right now, I don't think I'm saying this out of any position of, of you know animosity or whatever. I'm reading off of feedback I'm getting from Nebraska fans. They're they're pretty tired of Scott Frost, a.k.a. the Sultan of the Swing Pass yeah. right now. Boy, they were just irate I, I talked to my- on Twitter. It was – I'm not making funny about it. It's just funny to watch and just see how – enraged everybody was every time they call a swing pass um my the mrs greek's grandpa uh from omaha gigantic nebraska fan okay. uh it was hilarious he called my wife yesterday <laughs> he's 84 i think 82 okay. and i love the guy by the way yeah and uh he he, he can do it and say what he wants right he, when you're sure. 82, 84 absolutely and uh I can't wait to be 82 or 84 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're an 82 year old. I kind of am already, but half half as old as that body. Um, So he calls Mrs. Greek, talks to her for literally 45 seconds. I, you know, I'd really like to talk to your husband. So, oh yeah, we get on the phone, we start talking. First thing he says, "What do you think of those stupid swing passes?" That was the first thing he said to me, which was essentially, you know, and and here's the deal: like (laughs) Nebraska fans have been asking. Uh, to get the ball to um, uh, Diedrich Mills. Sure. And guess what? When they, after halftime, uh, I guess Frost told uh, the Big Ten crew, whoever said, we're done getting cute. Yeah. It, so, it worked. So obviously, he re- he diagnosed that there was a problem too, finally, at halftime. Okay. Let's but just... didn't we diagnose this before the oh, Wisconsin yeah. game? I but, mean, they could have done whatever they wanted versus Maryland. What did, did sure, they? That's a good did point. They over respect Iowa's run defense too much. Maybe. I mean, I know. But that... don't you try it at least? I would think so. And by I, the way, they did have a little success with it in the first half. It, it's baffling. I don't know. I don't get it. If you're a Nebraska fan, you should be upset at the play calling. And another thing too is there's going to be a full fledged quarterback controversy going into the offseason because well, okay, that's another the McCaff- I have, McCaffrey came and looked better. But I have a problem with the way he handled the quarterback situation. Okay, so Amar starts, then you yank him. You put in Vedral for the second series and he looked fine. Then you yank him and you put Amar back in. And then McCaffrey comes in, looks great, and you pull him right back out. It's odd. I just like if Amar's your quarterback, go with him. If you don't feel like he's your quarterback, then if you're yanking him, put the other guy in there for the rest of the game. 
you do see times where platooning quarterbacks work. This doesn't seem to be no. one of them. There was no flow to it whatsoever. Yeah. It was just like on a whim. Okay, yeah. it's going to be McCaffrey this series. It's going to be Amar this series. And by the way, Martinez had that horrible blunder at the end of the game where he ran out of bounds stopping the clock. Correct. That he gave Iowa the chance to even be in position to win that game. That very much uh, upset Nebraska fans, as it should. His interception in the first half uh, hurt Nebraska as well. I think it was in the first half. Pretty sure it was at towards the end of the second quarter. There's mistakes that he made. Uh, speaking of mistakes, another thing that we actually pointed out on the last podcast that could uh, play huge into this game was special teams. Oh, geez. boy, did it ever! I mean, a uh, 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 kickoff return touchdown for Amir Smith, yep. Marset. Obviously, the game-winning field goal for Duncan at the end. Special teams always mattered. They certainly mattered in this game as well. Yeah, you know, it's not not a revelation here, but their special teams have been bad all year. That's something they got to uh, shore up for next year. And, and let me stop you there. Two years in, yeah, twenty-four games in. Yeah, is there any excuse for having special teams? Is something that you will see new coaches say, okay. <laughs> We might not be able to block like we want to. We might not be able to tackle like we want to right from the get-go, but we're going to get special teams as an advantage. 24 games in, Nebraska's special teams have gotten maybe worse? Yeah, possibly worse. I mean, it, Special teams were incredible for Nebraska under the Pelini years. Yeah, they were pretty good, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Man. I mean, it's just that's another thing you can look at. Speaking of this game, I'm just going to ask a question. Okay. Because oh, by refs. What just horrible officiating? Um, it, and it seemed to get worse as the game went on. Um, th but they they weren't all the calls against Iowa because there was that one block kind of in the back that sure. they called, which I thought was bogus. I thought it was cl a clean one, but I don't know. I especially don't understand what the heck the refs were talking about after Iowa kicked the field goal to win it. What were they waiting to do? Conspiracy theories abound. I just, uh, what could they possibly have been even discussing there? They never signaled good. I know it. It was it was bizarre. I've never seen that happen. I don't think in a in a football game. I haven't either. And the targeting call was was awful. I hate targeting as much as anybody in the world. But and it because was because of that. Nobody has spent more time diagnosing right. what a targeting call is than you. Sure. So one part of targeting is the crown of the helmet, which didn't apply here. Another one is launching, which eh, kind of maybe applied, but. The third one is just hitting the neck and helmet area forcibly on a defensive a defenseless player. It it was textbook targeting in in that last case, textbook, and they didn't call it. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. I and and you review it. You have plenty of time to watch it in slow motion, and the whole time I'm like, don't even know why they're reviewing it. It's obviously targeting. Nope, no targeting. Odd. It was strange. Big Ten refs have had been bad for two, three, four seasons now. This was just another one. Um, the only thing I guess I would add, 225 yards rushing for Iowa. Uh, they had been having a hard time just getting over mm. 100 in Big Ten play, 116 yards and a touchdown for freshman sensation Tyler Goodson. When he went out of the game, there's no doubt in my mind that hurt the offense. Makai Sargent goes in, does okay, fumbles, gigantic fumble. Yeah, that was huge. In the game, how crazy that a true freshman has wound up being such a big part of and the I, Iowa offense. I just, believe the first time a true freshman has led Iowa in rushing. True freshman, Crest. Liddell Betts did it as a as redshirt, a redshirt. Okay. Nate Stanley, 11 of 24, 99 yards and a pick. That's awful, right? 
Adrian Martinez, 10 of 18 for 50 yards in wow. a pick. He had about 50 yards on the ground. I mean, there just wasn't much quarterback play. Maybe the elements played into that a little Which bit. Which is interesting because half of the games, the elements didn't seem to play into the passing Correct. game at all, but it seemed to here. I want to talk about A.J. Epinesa. The guy had 14 tackles, nine solo, two sack, five tackles for loss. The guy just seems to be able to turn it on when he really needs to. Yeah, like big moments, big games. Yes, Absolutely. They, they Millen actually even kind of talked. Well, Millen talked a lot because that's what Millen does during uh, sure. calling games. But um, that sometimes he wish he could turn the motor on more often. Yeah, he which, did mention that, which I guess is a fair assessment. But I guess when the motor is turned on, it's on full bore. And like I mentioned to you before the cast, uh, Vince Lombardi used to say about Paul Horning. Between the 20s, he's an average running back. Inside the 20, he's the best in the league. That's how I feel with Epinesa sometimes. I don't think he's quite Chase Young, but, man, when they need him to step up, he does. Yeah. Um, To a certain degree, not the same, but Nate Stanley has a little bit of that in him, too, um, in that he will finish his career 3-0 versus Illinois, Iowa State, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Yeah, that's pretty good. Those man. are all trophy games, and he's got a chance to finish. Well, the Illinois is not a trophy game, but well, it's a rivalry game is yeah. what I meant to say. And he's got a chance to go three and zero in bowls as well. Oh wow! That's With impressive. that being said, sometimes you you would want a little bit more from yes. him. Yeah, is that fair to say? Is that like the um, I got uh, another the, comparison. the JT Barrett I, syndrome? A little bit. I mean, of course Barrett was a better <laughs> yeah, player, right, but right. but like he accomplished so much, but yet people wanted right. more of him still. I brought that up for a reason. We'll get to it at the end of the podcast. So Iowa, with the win, moves to 9-3 and three overall. They will finish third in the Big Ten West. The Huskers fall to 5-7 and seven overall, sixth place in the Big Ten West. All right, we had three early games. First up, yikes, Ohio State 56, Michigan. They have been downgraded from Michigan back to Michigan. Okay. 27, the Buckeyes with a robust 577 yards of total offense to the Wolverines, 396. That's 577 against a really good Michigan defense. Again, the offensive line has just impressed me so much this year. I can't say enough about him. Yeah. Um, Ryan Day has the keys to the uh, Don Brown block. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it helps to have the players that were. We're gonna bring up next. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but it's not like it's not like Don Brown and his defenses haven't gone against other talented players before. Certainly, again, not on the level of Ohio State, but boy, does Ohio State ratchet it up to the point where uh, Justin Fields said after the game, "I just don't think they take this game as seriously as we do." Did he say that? He did say that. Boy, I don't think I agree How is with that. that. Even possible? I don't agree with that at all. But with that being said, look at the last couple of years here. I mean, we're talking what fifteen but, out of the last sixteen years. Did you did you ever think that was no, going to be a deal? I did not. Series? But don't you think that Ohio State is noticeably more athletic than Michigan? I I agree with that. Ohio State is noticeably more athletic than probably all than two or three teams in the country. So Penn State was able to hang with them, but Michigan couldn't. But it is a point to bring up. Penn State did hang with them better. They did, yeah. At least defensively. They did something to, you know, they forced turnovers, they did something. I mean, Justin Fields, it's just another stat line. 14-25, 302 yards, four touchdowns, goes into the the tent, the sideline tent, 
Comes out in knee brace, gets out of a tackler, throws a touchdown pass. Well, I sure hope he's not hurt too bad. Me too. I mean, I just want to be healthy, you know, not only for the championship game here, but but for the playoff. I just want to be at 100%. Shea Patterson looked really good in this game, yeah. especially during the first half. I mean, he finished with 18 of 43, 305 yards, a touchdown. He did at a pick. He had a fumble in the first half, too, so he did have two turnovers. And he had a bad second half. He did. Um, adjustments were made. There was no answer to it. I guess, I guess, if you are really nitpicking, and we got to nip, yeah, we're really picking nits here. Yep. If you can neutralize Ohio State's pass rush, keep well, them busy, like keep them off balance, getting the ball out quick, you can pick on their secondary a little bit. Oh, their secondary got torched in the first half. Let's be honest. Most of those passing yards for Shea Patterson was in the first half. Wait, uh, uh, let's see. I think they had 285 yards total in the first half, and I believe, uh, I believe 290 is the most Ohio State had given up in a game prior to this. So you got to give Michigan some credit. Almost 400 yards here, which is which is easily the most that they've given up all year. And yeah, they were torching the Ohio State secondary. Chase Young on the game, zero stats, didn't record a single stat. Crazy. Not a tackle, not an assist, nothing. So that's game plan. And maybe that's a situation where the game plan is to move the ball away from him, you know, run at him, throw away from him, whatever it is. Maybe essentially at some point Ryan Day or uh, um, uh, uh, Ohio State's defense understood what they were up to. Mm-hmm. So then they, you know, switch their game plan. Maybe that's yeah. where – it, it slowed down the Michigan offense. I just I would have thought that someone else would clean up because they were paying so much attention to right. Chase Young, but it didn't play out that way. No. Um, Ohio State's TVs were pretty grabby, and but they were playing hard. And I, I know we already talked to them at the beginning, but I hope throughout this season on this podcast I have exuded my love for J.K. Dobbins. I think I have. I think to so. To a certain degree. Yeah. Okay. Um, I still think he's the catalyst for this entire hmm. offense. Okay. Is as amazing as Justin Fields is. Like, I feel like you could say that to a Buckeye fan, they would get upset at you somehow because you're besmirching Justin Fields and the receivers. I just think he enhances the passing game that much more for what you have to pay attention to the so running game with this guy. It surprises me that they give him as many carries as they give him with all the talent they have on this team. I would think they'd spread it out more. I feel like they're leaning on him a lot. They're asking him to do a lot here. I mean, they went to Master Teague a little bit. I I I completely agree with that. They went to Master Teague a little bit in the second half. Um, you know, when basically they had the game, and and you're right, they they lean on him all the time. I think there is that big of a gap between J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague and the rest of the running backs. By the way, I think there's a gigantic gap between J.K. Dobbins and anybody basically not named. Maybe Chuba Hubbard, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, and, you got to throw him out there. And I would still throw e- Travis Etienne, Etienne out there. Yeah. I, I mean. Etienne I, is not getting the love that he probably deserves. No, because of the quarterback on his team and the, and the superstars. I mean, they talk, yeah. that's how it goes when you go to a power. I don't know. I just cannot say enough but about this guy. But I think you, you, you mentioned the four best runners in the country right there. Yeah. B- with J.K., yeah. Jonathan Taylor, Chuba, Chubby, Chuba. Chubby Hubby. He didn't look too good. Last night, and Saturday then ETN, night, but, yeah. But so. yeah, um, let's let's not. <laughs> so Michigan hung with them for a while. We got to yeah. give them some credit. They played a great first half. They just didn't have enough horses to keep it going for the whole game. I don't think it was that bad of a performance by Michigan. I just think they're up against a team that's so freaking good, and they're just they're hitting on all cylinders right now. 
they have been all year. I know. Do you know how hard it is to hit on all? I mean, because we keep saying they're going to have a bad game, and it never happened. Not yet. Yeah. And I think, and we'll probably talk more about this next week, but they're in the college football playoffs regardless. What happens? Yeah, I think they could probably lose as long as they don't get blown out. Which, you know, let's be honest, that's not going to happen. They could lose a close game, and I don't see how you drop them out of the top four. All right, with the win, the Ohio State moves to 12-0. and They win the Big Ten East. Michigan falls to 9-3, and another third-place finish for khaki pants. Somebody else can diagnose that ad nauseum. He's, we'll talk about it at some point. But. He's 0-5 against Ohio State now. Yeah, that's, that's He's Michigan. the only Michigan coach to go 0-5. Only Michigan or Ohio State coach to yes, start that's out correct. 0-5 in this series. So, Okay. Northwestern 29, Illinois 10, the Wildcats with 433 yards of offense. The Illini had 160. So we're going to do this, huh? We don't have to. It's your podcast. You know, it it doesn't take a genius to come up with the game plan that they had of just running the quarterback. I've been saying it all year. You, Illinois can't stop a running quarterback. And apparently, there's nothing against Andrew Marty, but he doesn't need to be that athletic of a running quarterback. I mean, just run the damn quarterback, he and that's 50, how, he ten passing attempts. You you made the call on Twitter before. You set the over under for completions in the game at nineteen. At nineteen, where did it finish at? Seventeen. That's incredible, by the way. Thank you. Um, so six of those came from Andrew Marty for fifty five yards, uh, a, a touchdown, and a pick. There there was no throwing the ball. No one one unbelievable pass down the field to the to only wide receiver threat yep. that that they have. Correct. Which also shouldn't. Happen. I mean, you shouldn't let the one threat at receiver no. get single coverage and get beat over top. But yeah, I mean, that is the you. You've been saying it for weeks now that the Illinois defense just cannot figure out the uh, a running quarterback. And this isn't even a like really no. Good I mean, he's you know he's, he's a, pretty good. He's a big physical guy. He's not slow, but he's not fast. He's not super athletic. I still don't understand how this guy wasn't starting all year. I mean, he, he clearly has played the best of any of the quarterbacks that they have, don't you think? Yes. Um, and maybe but, that's part on Mick McCall. Maybe there's something going on there where maybe other people inside the locker room thought that this guy should have been playing for a long time. 378 yards rushing, forty almost 42 minutes of possession time. That's incredible. I mean, if you look down the, the stats for Illinois, I don't have total plays right in front of me, but... They just didn't run any plays because they didn't have the ball. They had 14 yards rushing. Illinois had 14 yards rushing. And game. and the, here's here's the deal though. The quarter your quarterback being out was I'm not everything. Gonna, I mean, you yeah. lost your your number one quarterback and number one wide receiver. Yeah. And Matt Robinson, God bless your soul. Just you can't you can't put that much weight on that guy in this game. And it. it they on top of a matter baby not playing. Right. That's a ton of things going on against There's them. a lot of things going on, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I- I'm going to because I'm not a Northwestern fan, so I can look at this more black and white. That is a gigantic deal. And then you add in the fact that th- this was, this year, this was Northwestern Super Bowl. This is it. This was yeah. the only way they could wind up without this entire season being awful. This was it. It was, it was it. This was it. Yeah. I mean, they salvaged in a way, not they salvaged their season, but I mean, they have a great feeling right now. They just, they, they, they took one from Illinois that they shouldn't have been able to take. And, and it, here's my problem that I, that I can't get past is that you knew this was going to be a slop fest. You knew you didn't have your passing game. So just dial it in and run the goddamn ball. And, and that's what 
Northwestern was able to do and Illinois couldn't do it. I don't understand how they could not get anything going in the running game. It, they've got a good offensive line. I'm not going to say it's a great one, but it's a good one. You you got to have more than 14 yards rushing against your your in-state rival. Maybe not against a top top flight defense, but that's and not Northwestern. Northwestern's good, but they're not the kind of they're not 14 yards rushing good. Correct. And you knew that's what you had to do to win this game and they could not do it at all. Yeah. It was, was embarrassing. I mean this the the I know this doesn't ruin the season for Illinois, okay? They made a bowl game. That was the goal. It, it, they've exceeded my expectations for the year. But right now, this ruins the season for me. Until I get, It's going to take me a while, but yeah. this literally ruined the season for me yesterday. Well, let me say this. Maybe this helps. With the win, Northwestern still is in last place in the Big Ten and finishes 3-9. and nine. Even with the loss, Illinois falls to 6-6, six and six, fourth. In the Big Ten West. That was Northwestern's bowl. Illinois is going to an actual bowl that they will fly to and charter trips to. Illinois is going to a bowl. Like I said before, any Illinois fan, especially my buddy sitting across the table in the downstairs athletic club, had you had to sign the football contract back in July, August, that said, listen, we're going to get you a bowl game but you're going to have to take a shiv in the kidney at the end of the year to Northwestern. You would have, you would have yeah, took that deal. Oh yeah. I had to sign up for it. So I, I, <laughs> just, this is so frustrating. Would I you trade, would you trade the, the win versus Wisconsin for this right now? No, probably not. Okay. No, no, but I, I posted something on Twitter. I said, this is just the most, uh, I can't remember the exact word I used, but like most disappointing, like most anger inducing loss I can remember. And someone's like, no, nah, that's that's just hyperbole. I can go back. I remember one game, I think it was 2000. We had a good team in 2000. Next year we'd win the Big Ten. And we it's not that we lost to Minnesota because Minnesota had a good team. We got blown out by Minnesota, and I was enraged. That game has always stuck with me. That's It's been that long since I've been that angry about an Illinois game. It just happened. They happened. 19 years it took for me to be that enraged again. Well, we appreciate you bucking up, getting over here and recording a podcast. And by also, the way, people, that's not the easiest thing to do. No, it <laughs> is not. After a loss. Also, the defensive effort was pathetic. This looked like the university. The, de- the defense looked okay uh, into the third quarter. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, this yeah, was a game. that's right. That's this was a game. okay. They just that's got fair. worn down. Like I put this way more on the offense. Okay, but they looked. Not t- only could they not get touchdowns they couldn't even move the ball no. to give their defense a break no i mean literally 42 to 18 minutes is the disparity in that's got to be like you almost can't you almost can't be worse year. than that yeah they're they, they hand you the ball after they score it becomes your ball <laughs> and you can do whatever you want with it but they look like the university of miami playing in a cold weather bowl game mm, that's, Th- that's how i that's how that defense looked to me in the second half like Did no you, no interest of, in hitting maybe anybody. This will cheer you up. Have you seen the meme where it shows Manny Diaz getting hired, going into his first game the middle of the year, and then his press conference? No, like, I haven't seen it. I gotta I gotta <laughs> look like for that one. Looks like he's aged about fourteen years. Oh, so now. literal pictures of yes, it. Oh yes, wow. Yeah, okay. I like, got, you never know, whenever they show, um, like the pictures of presidents on the day of their sure. inauguration, and before, yeah, when, once they leave office, it looks something like that in so, three months. Yeah, you yeah. have to check that out. Okay, that'll, that'll make you happier. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Woo! Could have been maybe the game of the day of the weekend. Definitely, probably on Saturday. Indiana forty-four, Purdue forty-one. The Hoosiers with five hundred and twenty-two yards of offense. Pretty good, huh? 
The Boilermakers with 589 yards of total offense. So the, the, this is what I was talking about earlier with the weather. Like, how does these two teams put up that kind of of offensive production in they were horrible conditions that they were playing in. Yeah, um I think I'm done trying to use the weather as an over under predictor. I think you would have won on overall on the weekend though. I think you'd have gone four yeah. and three. Yes, well there's because we got a couple of them coming up here. Uh sometimes though, and I think it has way more to do when you're playing on a natural surface. Um, it negates the pass rush quite a bit. Sure. Uh the offensive line can basically just hold their ground. Defensive backs have a hard time yeah. reacting. The, I mean, we've got receivers that know where they're going. Tough to defend sure. that way. Yeah, um, I mean, it can go both ways, though, can it? It can it, go. It seems like it can go ways. both ways, but in, in this one definitely went towards the the offense. So, IU for the eighth time they have won eight plus games, and it ends a twenty five year non winning uh, season in conference. Okay. It's been since 1993 that they've had a winning season. Yeah, the magical in conference play. A lot of things they they got they got the old oak and bucket yep. on Saturday. They are definitely. I mean, they already knew they were going to have a winning season. Winning season in conference uh, bowl game. I mean, this has been a gigantic year for Tom Allen. And no IU player was born the last time they had eight wins. Insane. Amazing. It's a big year. Um, Huge. With year. that being said, they had this game pretty much put away. They they let him back into it. Yeah. Because that's what Jeff Brown and Purdue does. It's true. I mean, you got to give credit to Jeff Brown for that, right? Hundred percent. I mean, at the time, I'm thinking, why wow, they're just getting lazy on defense, but no, no, um, it's, it's the Jeff Brown factor. It, it is. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, tw- uh, twenty-eight of 49, 49 passing attempts. That's two weeks in a row with over forty passing attempts. Four hundred eight yards, three touchdowns. Which outdoes Peyton Ramsey, who had thirty-nine passing attempts, 22, 23 completions, three hundred thirty-seven yards, three touchdowns, and not to mention he had forty-two yards rushing and two touchdowns on the ground. And I mean, then, what a game! Like, who had the better game? Is they this is just an awesome quarterback matchup? Yep, by uh, a red-hot uh, offensive coordinator in the case of Indiana. That was maybe the best off-season hire in the Big Ten last year. I think so. Probably made the biggest impact. And then Jeff Brown would be Jeff Brown on the other side. I mean, this this just is – this is – you know, I think there's there's questions you can have defensively with both of these teams sure. down the stretch. With that being said, these should be fun teams. As long as there's no changes in the coaching, these are teams that are going to be fun to watch for the next year's coming forward. Absolutely. Um, so Purdue, definitely – you know, you, you certainly wanted this one. It hurts. Uh, you fought the whole way, and that's something we've been saying about these Purdue teams is they've, even with all the injuries, they've never given up. They've never shown, you know, a lack of effort. And the future looks awesome it for, does. for Purdue. Um, I know. Dustin Schutte, maybe just a little bit of jumping the gun, but said, Purdue, don't feel bad. You're the 2020 Big Ten West champions. A lot of, lot of things yeah, that are going to fall into place, uh, yeah. but they're, they're on the short list. I think you could probably make a case. I don't know if they're quite there yet because they're still going to be really young. Defensively, I got to see something. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. We don't want to jump ahead too much, but there's there's some other good teams in the West. But long story short, hey, props to Indiana. Yes, they did not knock off a Penn State. They did not knock off Michigan or Michigan State this year. So that was the one thing they they didn't get done. But they they beat their rival. That was a huge game. Pretty much accomplished everything. But winning that helmet game. Correct. That's the next thing on the, the list. As in helmet, the blue blood helmet game. The blue blood helmet game. game. Yes. Yep. Okay. 
Uh, with the win, Indiana moves to eight and four. They finish fourth in the Big Ten East. Anytime a non Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State team finishes fourth or better, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. I mean, deal. so that's another one is they they cracked that top four. Correct. That's another one. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that we hadn't yep. mentioned. Great season by Insane. IU. Purdue falls to 4-8 overall, technically tied for fifth in the Big West. All right, that gets us into the afternoon game. First up, the Spider-Man meme games. Uh, Penn State 27, Rutgers 6. The Nittany Lions with 333 yards of total offense. The Scarlet Knights with 383. Wow. Is it possible the Scarlet Knights are improving? Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah. They actually look like a serviceable team right now. And we're going off of 21 points scored versus Ohio State last week, correct? As a Sure. Right. That's That starts it, but... I mean, 383 yards against a really good Penn State defense. Yeah. It's impressive. A, a Penn State defense that was without Yitor Grossmatos, uh, a couple guys out. I th- Okay, I'm not trying to, you know, rain down too much on Rutgers here, but I don't think they got the most focused, you know, ready-to-play-college-football version of Penn State. Well, like I said, going into this game, I don't know where – Either team gets the motivation to play this game. Right. For sure. That's a good Really, point. either right. team. Which led to the no-brainer under that we had right. talked about yeah. on the last. But this basically played out exactly like you and I discussed last week. And this is without knowing. I didn't know Sean Clifford wasn't going to play in the game. No. Uh, Will Levis, who is, a, I think, a very talented quarterback, with that being said, eight of 14, 81 yards, a touchdown to pick. I mean, just it was just a sloppy, ugly game. It, yeah, sloppy game. It does not look like the passer that Clifford is, for sure. Um, Journey Brown had a great game, huh? 16 carries, 103 yards, and three touchdowns. Huge game for him. Rutgers had more first downs than Penn State did. Yeah. Um, there was a, a lot of consternation by uh, Nittany Lion fans like, Getting a little bit, you know, bunghole tightening at yeah. some point. Like we're we're not going to actually do this. I mean, this was a tight. Well, game. what was it? Seven to three at half, or seven yeah. to yeah. seven, seven to three at half I think time. Seven three. Yeah. And it, you had to go deep into the third quarter, and they were still only up by one score. Right. So credit to, to Rutgers. Uh, um, and that's where it gets scary when you are a gigantic favorite like that. This was a forty-one point favorite. Oh, that's right. It was 41, and I think wasn't if it? these teams play in the middle of October, they probably win by sure. 41. But it just where Penn State was at, the style, you know, everything of this game, that was a no-brainer for for at least the under. So third down efficiency, Rutgers 7 to 16, Penn State 3 of 10. Total yards 383 to 333. Passing yards, Rutgers 199 to 81. I mean, they you go down the stat line, they win most of these stats except for rushing. They got out rushed by about 70 yards. Um, they even won the turnover battle. They won the time of possession. I mean, it, it if you looked at this, you would say, well, Rutgers might have won this game. Right. But there was one stat that is the most important, which is the name of the school on the front of That's the That's the biggest stat there is. <laughs> This is a tough one to get over top of. So Rutgers also had four sacks in the game. Yeah. I mean, they, they were they were getting after it, man. Yeah, yeah. But so let's talk about Penn State, though. So 10 wins, right? That's a great season. But don't you feel like I, I, I just thought, thought that they never quite reached their potential this year? Um, Like just there, there a was a lot of potential short. reaching happened versus Maryland. And this was before we knew 
how bad Maryland was. Um, the one thing I would say is I, I, I'm with you in that they never reached their potential. The reason to me is because the talent and therefore potential is so young on this team. Well, this is this is a team that got to 10 wins before anybody thought they were going to get that high. Yeah, I, did, they, I, did. I mean, a lot of people, there was people predicting, I think it was 24-7 sports, that they weren't going to make a bull this wow. year. There was a ton of people that thought they were way overrated at like 15 you I mean, know, I guess I at didn't the beginning of this year. Probably so expect you, them to win 10, so I guess they probably did reach their potential for me. At least for wins. Yeah, at least for wins. And but it just I didn't just, look sexy on offense. You not know? in November. No, not well, November. Well, well okay, okay. I, I, I didn't think that's what you were going to say. Offensively, it, it didn't look as yeah sexy as as one would think it could with a Penn State offense. Yep. Um, defensively, as a team, I just felt like they're young and they wore down. That's what happened. Yeah. In the second half of the season, that's probably true. But with that being said, they moved to ten and two overall, second in the Big Ten East. Rutgers falls to two and ten overall, last in the Big Ten East. But hey, Greg Schiano's coming your way. Next up, Michigan State nineteen. Maryland 16, the Spartans with 430 yards of full offense to the Terps 316. Wow, I don't know how you play the, this tight against Maryland at home. Yeah, and and Brian Lewerke, 342 yards passing in this game, but in a Lurky, Brian Lewerke with two picks, no touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's the that, story that, of him all year. Is he just cannot take year. care of the damn ball. Yeah, or just capitalize on moving the ball out of nowhere the Spartans defense it, it has shown pockets of being weak in some capacity sometimes you torch it through the air here Anthony McFarland 134 yards boy and a touchdown so, after so happy to see that on only eight carries 134 yards basically injured for the majority of the season this is the real Anthony McFarland the one we were seeing earlier in the year that's not him so it's good to see him make a comeback there they piled up 164 yards rushing yeah, Maryland did to only 88 for Sparty, 88 which has been another Sparty. thing that, you know, that's been happening all year, too. They have not been able to run the ball, but you'd think they'd get up against a team like Maryland again at home and be able to move the ball in a really, really bad defense. Yeah. Just just couldn't get it done. And it's not like they weren't motivated here. You had a bowl game in front of you. Correct. They barely won this game. They had to pull it out to win this game. Checked yeah. with my Sparty insider. He said this was a... 7.5 on the John L. Smith scale. Okay. <laughs> and I said, now is that out of 5 or 10? <laughs> was was, was, he, slap, 10? was yeah. he slapping himself? Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> did you see what happened in this game? Maryland kicked a field goal. Yeah. They're second of the season. Disappointing. It kind of is disappointing. I wanted that one oh. hanging out there. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so, as pointed out by a Eyes on Big listener, um, we had wondered, this was pointed out on The Athletic, where, where he pointed me to, um, that one field goal on the season coming in this game had to have been a record, right? It tied a record. Remember who had the record before? No, Maryland. Oh, oh, that's yes. Oh, I did read that somewhere. Okay, coming into this year, the only two teams that had only kicked one field goal since I can't remember, you know, modern day or whatever. Yeah, it's been Maryland twice. Do you remember the year? Now that, that year with Maryland, it was a brand new coach. I think it was ninety three. Yeah, it sounds right. And um, uh, they the kicker that they thought they had on campus, something happened to them right before they had to literally, you know, interview kickers to try to have wow. somebody on the team. So they just stopped trying. So so they had no attempts because they weren't even trying. They were going for two every time. 
Maryland wasn't that case. They just they just never got into no, the, field goal range. Right. Or they'd or, score a long touchdown correct. and it wouldn't matter. That's right. It's just been a different. So I'm God, yeah, so I'm strange. disappointed. They could have tied their own record. That would have been with, cool. I know. That's, so yeah, that's, that's the kicker is Joseph Petrino. So he's two of five on the season. It's not like it's an awful season. And For percentage, well, it's I not good. But I mean, you only get five if you only get five attempts. And by the way, both of his kicks were both of his successful kicks were in the thirty to thirty nine range. Right. It's um, just crazy because on the other side of it, Keith Duncan for Iowa sure. set a Big Ten record by. Four field goals wow. for how many made? And I in think a year? he was only one shy of the all-time record, Correct. wasn't he? Correct. Yeah, with the bowl game to go, which is amazing. And so I'd mentioned this before. Joseph Petrino, the kicker, I thought follows me on Twitter. He doesn't, but his mom does. Okay. So Karen Morris Petrino, thanks for the follow. Yeah, nice. All right. So with the win, Michigan State moves to six and six overall, fifth in the Big Ten East. Maryland falls to three and nine overall, second to last. In the Big Ten East with that gigantic win over Rutgers at the beginning of the year. Next up, we Big Ten game of the week. Wisconsin 38, Minnesota 17. The Badgers with 453 yards of total offense to the Gophers. 372 to quote Dustin Schutte. That was an axe whipping. Oh, yeah, it kind of was an axe whipping. I mean, they it was close for a good part of the game. The thing um, that probably impressed me... First of all, the passing, again, like Cone and Tanner looked pretty much like themselves for most of the game, I would say. 15-22 for Cone. Morgan was 20-37. Maybe not as efficient for Morgan, but he was under a lot of pressure, too. Yeah, see, that's where I guess where I disagree a, a little bit. I feel like the the story of the game was the Badger defense, which had looked I don't, maybe much maligned is a little aggressive, but... Not themselves, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, for in the latter half, sure. Um, but the game plan that Wisconsin came into town with offensively and defensively definitely kept Minnesota off stride. Like, I felt like Tanner Morgan was pressing and struggling more than I had seen him okay. look most of the year. Well, Rashad Bateman, six catches, 147 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Johnson, eight catches, 89 yards and a touchdown. Those are numbers we're, we're, we're used to seeing. But, yeah, 20 of 37 is probably what, what we're not used to seeing. It's Correct. just not as he, – he's been efficient all year. But still, 296 through the air, two touchdowns. The other thing that sticks out to me is that, you know, we talk all the time about Minnesota and how good their skill players are. <laughs> Wisconsin skill players look just as good in this game. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, Quintez Cephas, five catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns. Cone, I mean, Cone had a big game. Two touchdowns, Huge. 280 yards passing. Um, 280 on only 22 so, attempts in the know, weather. Like, in the weather. And the, the weather, to me, I don't know what else to say. Uh, um, I Shoot, I, somebody I follow on Twitter, I apologize. I'm not going to be able to give you uh, – credit it's not a it was not a wisconsin or a minnesota fan I, uh, anyways they said it's weird whenever there is a quote-unquote condition game i always feel like one team looks great and one team looks horrible hmm. like and and i think that's perfect and it doesn't in this case both minnesota and wisconsin it's not you know what i mean it's not like wisconsin playing miami in the pinstripe bowl like right you understand how it happens like that neither minnesota played the that crappy condition game uh, last year versus Purdue, sure. this year versus Nebraska, they looked amazing in those games. Yeah, I guess that's probably fair. Like one team, just, it almost like 
the conditions and them knowing they needed to throw the ball over top of the Badger secondary to get on top of them. Well, and here's the problem. I mean, other than they had two long runs, other than that, you take out those two runs from Minnesota, 23 carries for 37 yards. That That's the game right there. Correct. 76 rushing yards total. When Minnesota took off this year, it was because their running game yep. came back alive. Yep. The, Wisconsin very uh, intelligently diagnosed that and said, we're not going to let you run the ball. And and I think they would have been able to do this had the conditions been right. But I think the Badgers yeah. game plan was go ahead and throw it over top of us. They got on top of them right at the beginning of the game. Boy, uh, right, right, at, right at the start, man. Boom. Huge play. Um, and I want to give props, though, to Minnesota's defense. I mean, they looked nails. Yes. Right. I would say two and a half quarters. And, and Jonathan Taylor, only 76 yards. Yeah. Great job. In the game. Great so, job against Taylor. But that apparently left them open yes. in the secondary, and Cohn touched them up. Absolutely. I mean, It just was not the game. It was exactly the game I expected in the first half, not the game I expected yeah, after that. Right. 12.7 yards per passing attempt for, for Cohn in this game. I mean, that he, he shredded them. Crazy. And they still averaged almost five yards per carry rushing the ball. Meanwhile, Minnesota only at two and a half yards rushing so, per, per attempt. Um, Minnesota, I mean, we'll get to the final records, but well, I'll just go ahead and throw it out. Wisconsin moves to 10 and two overall. They will be the big 10 West representative in Indianapolis. Minnesota falls to 10 and two overall, technically tied for first place in the yep. big 10 West, yep. but you saw PJ's. Kind I of did. The game. That's why I'm smiling. Um, um, so I want to talk a little bit about the championship game, just the concept of a championship game, because you have all, so now Wisconsin's going to the championship, right? They've already lost to Ohio State. Why should they get a second chance? And, and if they win this, obviously Ohio State had the better year, even if they lose. But then it's weird. But then Wisconsin's going to be the champ. I've just never felt comfortable with that. I mean, I guess in the end you would split the season total. But your whole point is, why should they even get the second? They shouldn't. Chance? Ha- they shouldn't have to beat them again. Um, I've I've picked up a couple Ohio State uh, insiders along the way. Uh, the general feeling that Buckeye fans had was that they wanted Minnesota to win this game. Sure, somebody else to to look at. Absolutely, in, in, you know, in the Big Ten championship, or they've never played Minnesota before. I know this is going to be blasphemous. This is probably tick off any Wisconsin people I have listening. I still think a healthy inside a dome Minnesota team would give Ohio State a bigger game than Wisconsin will. I still think so too. Think Wisconsin's rushing attack, if they get taught, if they get shut down, yeah. which I think they will. Yeah. Um, that was a salty Michigan rushing attack yeah. coming into that game, and and um, uh, Ohio State's front seven just yep. then hooked up with the athletes that Ohio State has in the backfield. We're already, we're, I guess we're already breaking down the big yeah. picture. I just thought that Minnesota's receivers would have been a little bit more X factor in that game. And we're just, we're not going to see it now. No, it's a shame. So let's say Minnesota had win this, they'd have one loss on the year. And if they were to beat Ohio State, then you can, they both have one loss and Minnesota wins the head to head. That to me is a champion. Correct. Which is just the odd thing of where college football has gone the last ten years, but with these, with these conferences, yeah, yeah, and you know, I know that all every single one of my opinions on college football is the opposite of what the general consensus is. Like the yeah, the average... I think you're being a little bit harsh. I understand what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I think me and you, a lot of people that we you know commingle with either in life or in Twitter, agree with a lot of what we say. We're we're 
we're a little bit more curmudgeon y to a lot of the stuff. I'm definitely more curmudgeon y. We're not the only curmudgeons on this no. stuff, is what I'm saying. I mean, there's a ton of people that are sick of, sick of conference championships. Yeah, I just don't, I've, I've never liked it. Like it, the, the, the day that they started this conference champion, I, I was just, it didn't feel right. So tune in next week for the Big Ten eyes on big report on the Big Ten championship. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Um, what I was gonna great, say, great little teaser there. <laughs> what I was gonna say about Minnesota, uh, this is gonna go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. But when Nate Stanley finishes his career, you know, never losing Nebraska, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Illinois, Iowa State, but the one team he couldn't beat, Wisconsin. Sure. What state is he from? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. It's like that's quite the life lesson, right? For a twenty-two-year-old. Uh, it's how life goes, right? Minnesota, kind of the same thing. No way in heck any Gopher fan doesn't sign up for a ten and two season, Absolutely. in any capacity. Yeah, but the two losses yeah. are against Iowa and sure. Wisconsin. Stings. Um, my guess is this one stung way more than the one a couple weeks ago. Um, I would think so. The I mean- other part of it is it's just crazy. Min- you see a lot of Minnesota fans on Twitter already defending P.J. Fleck and the football team. And the weird thing is, I think they're defending the football team against other Gopher fans in Minnesota. They're preemptively defending. And not preemptively. There's been responses on Has Twitter. There? I've seen them, yeah. Jeez. What not a, a ton from... Great season. Well... Ton of Wisconsin fans talking smack. I mean, I've sure, I that mean, has of because it's a rivalry. You're going you're gonna to get that. Sure. But I don't know. I just find it... I find it interesting that Minnesotans have to, have to defend themselves to Minnesotans. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that. I mean, you know, the media, the, the media, the, 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 I told the, you, the NFL, the Vikings fans out there that aren't Gopher fans. Yeah, they love to to rail on the the Gophers. But if I'm a Gopher fan, just hold your head up high. Had an awesome year, ten and two. Enjoy you're it. gonna go to a New Year's Day, really bowl. good bowl, almost for sure. Gonna be the Outback. It looks like. Okay, you do lose the Rose Bowl. That's another. Yeah, that's another salt rubbed in the wound there. But, sure. Yeah. Penn right. State probably to the to the Rose Bowl, huh? Or, or Wisconsin. Oh yeah, or Wisconsin. That's yep. a good point. That would be one of those two teams. So that's all I got this week. Yeah, me too, man. Okay, so uh, bowl or Big Ten championship prep. A couple more things that we'll go over uh, since it'll be a shorter podcast. Um, after that, we move into December. We're obviously gonna not do two podcasts a week anymore that's going to be done no we'll probably do what maybe do you, one or two uh, bowl preview yeah uh, um episodes yep. then we have to fit in a recruiting episode at some yep. point get a recruiting uh, episode later in, in december okay so with that being said i am jeffrey the Greek, and i'm big kurt this is the eyes on big podcast thank you so much for listening mm-hmm.